We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Saturday, and you guys are going to soon learn what that means this summer. That means it is time for the RTCF show recruiting team, Notre Dame related, and then some college football stuff. So, Sean, today we have an array of topics. We're going to talk a little bit about summer recruiting. We're going to the Notre Dame team aspect. Next week, we're going to start diving into specifics of the 2022 team and different aspects of that during the weekly show and in our Saturday show. We're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk, we're going to kind of put a bow on the dynasty conversation that we started on the show and talk about, okay, we both agreed last week that Notre Dame can be a dynasty. Mm -hmm. We both agree, which we didn't say, but we believe they're not now. But so what needs to happen to get there? And, and so we'll dive into that. And then the last part, we're going to pick three teams that we think going into 2022 are being vastly overrated. We're going to pick three teams that we think are being underrated by the national publications. We're going to pick a sleeper team. And then we're going to talk about Clemson because we had a hard time finding where to put them into this list. So we're going to talk about them as well. So, Sean, let's kick it off with a little bit of recruiting discussion, man. Let's talk about it. We have begun the most important month in recruiting in a long time for Notre Dame, right? We have visits, 23 kids, 24 kids, and 25 kids even on campus, either for the Irish invasion, which started which starts on tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. we have, we've had some positional camps this week and some visitors coming in each weekend that are very important. And the discussion we want to have today, IB Nation, is what are some of the biggest obstacles facing Notre Dame? that might cause them to not be able to close on some of the top prospects from the 23 class specifically going into the month of June. What are some of the biggest obstacles that could keep the coaching staff from closing like most of us think they can and most of us think they should? What are some of those obstacles? Brian, you can go ahead and start it out for you. You know, what are some of those biggest obstacles? What's what's the top obstacle in your opinion? I think for me, it's still convincing offensive recruits that this is mm. – you've got to get them to buy into what you think they can be. I think yeah. defensively, it's it's part of the reason it's been easier to sell defensively, Sean. It's not just Marcus Freeman and all that. That's a huge part of it, right? Yeah. But you've got something to show. Like, look, yeah. you've been pretty good defense the last four or five years. You know, I mean, you can say to a big-time defensive lineman, hey, look, we've had – X number of kid defensive linemen get drafted in recent years. You know, we had five defensive ends from one roster go to the NFL. Four of them got drafted. We had a first-round draft pick a defensive tackle. You know, we've got two defensive linemen projected to get picked in this upcoming next year's NFL draft, maybe three, depending yeah. on, you know, if Justin Adamiola can sneak into the end of the draft. And so you can sell that, right? Like, you can sell linebacker to a degree. You've had Manti, Jalen, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Kyle Hamilton just won the first round. There's there's a lot to sell on defense with the exception of corner. 
on offense, other than offensive line and tight end, two positions they're not having any issues recruiting. No, it, it's all. it's you're they're still selling to be done. You know, yeah. if if Notre Dame was more explosive offensively, if they could have played the whole year like they did the last six games, and you know maybe there's some big time kids already committed in this class, but that's not the case. And so Notre Dame is in a situation where they've got they've got a lot of convincing to do of of top prospects. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And I, I think agree that's the number one thing. I agree with you, and I'm going to give a different perspective of that. And when you talk about recruiting offensive talent, what you pointed out is very true. We might not like to hear this, but this just happens to be the case. You know, let's take Tennessee, for example, who has Josh Heupel, who has been known for years as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach as somewhat of a genius. He played the position of quarterback. He can relate to quarterbacks. And if you're going to start off any offensive class, you would love for it to start at the quarterback position. And with that being said, he was able to go out and get Nico Amaliva to commit to Tennessee early. Marcus Freeman is not an offensive guy. He's just not. He's not an offensive guy, but he's the head coach. Some might say it's easier when you have an offensive guy as your head coach it makes it easier to recruit that side of the position because there's relatability and there is lingo when you're communicating with those offensive recruits that can come from the head coach that might not be able to come from your head coach when he is a defensive guy. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just want to give a different perspective on that. I think that's a great point. And I think that the, to, to add on to your point, Sean, is, it is the fact that no matter what we think about Tommy Reese and his potential and what he's done and how he's overcome certain things and what we think he can do, he doesn't have a track record. So, you know, you yeah. don't have a situation like where Oklahoma just hired – you know, they're having a coaching turnover. Even though Brent Venables is a defensive coach, he's able to say, hey, look, this is Jeff Lebby. Look what he did at mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Look what he did at other places. Right. You, you know, you've seen things like that where – you know, you look at Texas. Why has Texas recruited the offensive side of the ball the last couple of years? They have an offense, like to your point, they have an offensive head coach. Tennessee yeah. is another example. Yeah. And so this is why this year is going to be so important. But the the point is, 
this, if Tommy Reese can do what I think you and I both think he can do this year, then then we're going to have a different conversation next year. It, 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 but but that's not here yet. That doesn't yeah. have anything to do with June and July, right? You know, and and so they've done a good job on offense. Braylon James was huge, but let's be honest. Notre Dame primarily got Braylon James based on relationships and academics, not because he's like, wow, I see myself being a ninety catch, hundred fourteen hundred yard guy. Yeah. Right. And now, yeah. does he want to be that guy? Of course he does. But Braylon, Braylon's one of those kids, one of those top hundred kids who was looking at a whole lot more than just, am I going to get mine on the field? Yes, he thinks he's going to get his and they've had some good receivers and that helps. But it's it was it was the bigger picture thing, because if Braylon James is only making a decision based off of where am I going to catch the most passes? I, I don't think he's committed to Notre Dame right now. Yeah, He's just one of those bigger picture kids. And, you know, offensive line, that's an easy sell, right? Running back, they've, they've done okay, but they've gotten solid top 250 guy in Jane Lamar, not a elite top 100 or, or five-star guy, right? So in tight end, obviously, they've got a very good tight end committed, but that's not a position that's very hard to recruit in our name because you have a track record. And so I still believe closing on the top offensive players, the Jaden Greathouses, the Richard Youngs, the Jeremiah Loves, the you know the the Ronan Hannafins, the Christian Hamiltons, the 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 even even on the offensive line to a degree, not so yeah. much on Charles Jagasaw, but on a Monroe Freeling. You know, I, it, can you get in the game down the road during a season with another player? Maybe, but once a kid picks another school, it's going to be like, for example, Sean Carnell Tate, kid you're very close with. It's going to be a whole lot harder to have to flip him down the road than it would be to land him now. Because yeah. even if you go out and have a big year on the field, unless you just blast Ohio State in the opener, and you know he's comfortable not taking NI, you know not not taking as getting as much NIL money, you know, yeah, maybe you could flip him from Ohio State or Tennessee, right? Who two off two teams? But the problem is those teams are also going to be scoring points on offense this year, so it's not like yeah. they're not going to be scoring on offense. So it's much harder to flip a kid like that from that kind of program than it is to land a kid the first way. And that's why I think that's the position that they're still falling behind. So, yes, Marcus Freeman can sell himself, and Chad Bowden's doing a great job, and Tom Maurice is doing a good job recruiting, and all that stuff's going well, but they just don't have the product to sell at running back, receiver, quarterback right now, and then just offense as a whole to, to really be able to use the product to land these top kids, which is why I think they're having a little harder time closing as easily and quickly as they were on a Keon Keeley and – a Brennan Vernon and a Drake Bowen and and Peyton Bowen and guys like that because there was something they could point to and say, look here, and they just don't have that as much on offense. And it's something you pointed out. I actually talked to Drake Bowen on yesterday, and he was very upset. He was saying they keep dropping me, and they haven't even seen me play. Like they keep dropping me in these rankings. They haven't seen me play. And, you know, myself, I'm talking to him. Don't worry about it. Just go out, win another state championship. You're you're fine. That'll take care of itself. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, it hurts me, you know, being able to go out and recruit. When they see me dropping, then I really, you know, don't hold as much weight with recruits. And I'm like, yo, I never even looked at it like that. I'm like, you know, and if he feels that way, then I'm like, yo, maybe this is something I need to bring up tomorrow. Like, with this be an obstacle as well. But going back to what you were saying before we even transition to that, what do you think about the buzz coming off of each weekend in June? Is that going to be important to get some of these guys to go ahead and to be closed by Notre Dame and oh, yeah. the coaches? Because the offensive line has, like you said, offensive line in Notre Dame, there's a resume there. And right. the coach that created those guys, he's back. Right. So you would think, you know, Jagasaw, we we all feel like at this point that Jagasaw will end up in Notre Dame. Monroe Freeland is coming down pretty much between Clemson and Notre Dame. Seems to be, yeah. And Joe Odding, I think, will be on campus as well in June. Another kid that they're in on. So what is it going to take to close the deal because most fans, IB Nation, I'm sure they probably feel like the O-line should probably be completed by now. Like, we're an yeah. O-line view. Like, right. kids know what we do with old offensive linemen. 
why haven't we gotten more than two in the class right now? Right. And June's going to go a long way to that. Yeah. But the obstacle to that right now might be what, in your opinion? I just think it's who you're going after. And you happen okay. to go after two kids who had reasons that have nothing to do with Notre Dame for why they're waiting. I mean, you've covered Charles Jackasaw's situation yeah. very closely, and he's not going to make a decision without his mom being on campus first. Well, because yeah. of her job, she hasn't been able to do that yet, right? And, yeah. you know, I, I think they've done everything they can do to put themselves in a good position now. It's about closing in June when you get mom on campus. And, yeah. and you know, Monroe Freeling, I don't know if Notre Dame could have done a better job, but he's a kid that has told Ryan he's been adamant with him and his family from the beginning that he's going to take this out longer. Maybe Notre Dame can change turn that change that in June, but you know I think it 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 I, I think that's really kind of been the factor. Elijah Page, kid's never been on campus before. Yeah, and he's not a highly ranked guy, but I mean Notre Dame loves that kid because they yeah. care more about film than they do what rivals and on three and two four seven thinks, which is yeah. what every fan should care more about. And so I think those are the reasons why they're recruiting a couple kids that are out of your typical region. So when you look at some of the guys that, you know, that Harry Heastan recruited and got, you know, was able to get early, not all the kids in their name landed, he got early. I think Quentin Nelson was kind of a later decision. Ronnie Stanley yeah. didn't decide till December. December, but most kids committed earlier. Right. And, and, you know, Alex Bars committed early, Sam Mustafer committed early, Mike McGlinchey, com- Steve Elmer, but all, the vast majority of those kids were, were Notre Dame regional kids. McGlinchey's from PA. Hainsey was from PA. Eichenberg's from Ohio. Kramer's from Ohio. Uh, Josh Lug was from uh, Josh Lug is from Pennsylvania from Pittsburgh. They've gotten their Aaron Bankses and stuff like that earlier, but but even then, it's just like it's one of those deals where they're just recruiting a different kind of kid. And Harry Heastan get, didn't get hired till January, so you know he's starting from scratch in this that situation. So I think those are the reasons, and it's a little bit different than the reasons why I think they haven't been able to kind of close out the deal with some of the receivers. Number one is I think a lot of this is is a lot of these kids are dead set on taking officials first. And to be honest with you, I think that's smart. I, I think kids should make wait. I I hope we I would if you could say, hey, I'm gonna be football king for the day. What's one of the things that I would do? I would I would tell I would be I would find a situation where I could tell every kid, hey, you know, unless it's the school you grew up wanting to go to don't pick a school until you've been to at least four different places. Yeah. Like four different places that you definitely are encouraged to see, you know, that, that you definitely would be interested in, right. Go to at least four schools. And, you know, like, like Dante Moore had made a comment about, you know, the officials are a different type of deal than the unofficials. And, you know, he wants to get the whole feel for it. I I wish kids would be a little bit more thoughtful. Now I know Notre Dame fans don't want to hear that. And, and to be honest with you, if I'm just looking at this from a Notre Dame fan standpoint, I don't want to hear that either. But for me, it, it's more about, you know, what's right for the kids. I think more and more kids are waiting. Some of it has to do with NIL, right? The, the more places you visit, the more followers you get on, on uh, uh, you know, the, the more followers you're going to get on Instagram and your socials, which then leads to, you know, better opportunities for NIL deals. I mean, that's, we have to, that's kind of part of it too. So, you know, that, that's just kind of, those are the factors in it, but I think when it comes down more so to the the skill players, I think a lot of it has to do with there's just Notre Dame is doing a great job of convincing them what they want to be, but they don't quite have as much as what they are. Now, to a degree, there is because you can kind of point to the last six games of the year, but you know Lincoln Riley can point to the last five, six years. You know yeah. Josh Heupel can point to the last four or five years going back to UCF. Steve Sarkeesian can point back to multiple years, and that's the challenge. And then the final piece of Sean is they're going after better players. And when you go after better players, it usually takes a little bit longer to to close them. So what what does Notre Dame need to do? Like I, you know this summer, it's you've got you know you look at that first weekend of June tenth, Sean. And you look at the kids that are on campus that weekend, and this yeah. kind of goes back to your original question. The buzz, I think, aspect is very intriguing because when when you when you look at that June tenth weekend, and you've got like, for example, let's talk receiver. We we discussed this in a show recently, and I can't remember if it was Ryan or Vince that said it. I think it was Ryan, but we were talking about, or maybe it was you last week. We're talking about dominoes. 
right? Yeah, and I was, not, Ronan, I was last week. Yeah. Okay. Ronan Hannafin being that domino that June 10th and 12th weekend. Like, if you mm-hmm. can get him to commit, like, just, okay, stop taking more visits. You've already gone to Clemson. You know where the choice. Pick us now. Yeah. How does that then, because the next weekend, you've got Jaden Greathouse coming on campus. You've got Rico Flores coming on campus. And you've got Christian Hamilton coming on campus. I'm sorry, you got he, Rico Flores on campus the week he's on campus. Ronan's on campus. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got Jeremiah, you've got uh, Jaden Greathouse and Christian Hamilton coming on campus the next weekend. If Ronan jumps into class and Notre Dame is now halfway to their minimum need, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, Jaden Greathouse, we know you love us. We know we're your leader, but hey, man, w- w- when are we doing this thing? Because we're, we're in the middle of doing something, and, and you jumping on board now really helps us. And and I think the thing they can do too with those guys is is like, look, Ronan's on board, Braylon's on board, Jaden, we need to get you on board. Why, coach? Because we're trying to get this cat from Detroit named Dante Moore, and we're we're doing the reverse order of what we thought we were going to do. Because what we thought we were going to do was get him to then put the class together. Yeah. Well, now you've got to put the class together to get him to help get him. It's not the only reason, but to help get him. And so I think those things can build on each other. Same thing with offensive line. You know, like if Elijah, if they can just crush it with Elijah Page this weekend and maybe get him to commit over the next couple of weeks. I'm not saying that's yeah. going to happen. That's completely hypothetical. You know, maybe then that helps you with with Monroe Freeling. Like, look, man, you want to be here. You know you want to be here. We want you here. You're our you're our top left tackle. You've got this arbitrary gonna go into the fall thing, man. We need you to, we need you to, you know, we need you to if you really want to be here, we need you to, to, to make this thing happen. Yeah. And I think all those things build on each other. And then defensively, I think too, there's a lot of that there as well. I I think defensively it's, it's, it's about closing out the deal. It's a little different animal. It's no, there's no buzz because you only got one defensive lineman you're going after. Right. Right. You, you, you get Jaden Osbury's your guy. And there's like two or three corners that, that you're trying to get. And and so and one like Christian Gray, no matter what the buzz is, he's not committing till July fourth, right? right? And so already said, now, yeah. yeah. Now maybe they can knock it out of the park with him and and convince him to to make a silent commitment, but then go maybe tell other recruits, hey man, I'm on board now, yeah, or at least allow him to you know give you the okay to to let other corners know, like, hey, Christian's already committed, so we got one spot left. So if you want to be here, you know, we, we can't be messing around. If you want to be here. We need you to be here. So I think there is a little bit there in the secondary, Sean, but when it comes to the defensive line, it's just about do, you know, defense front seven. It's just about do what you got to do to get this job done and and get those kids. That's really going to be the key for me. Now I want to ask you something because you talk about buzz and there was a move made on a top recruit. Some might say the number one player in the state of North Carolina out of the 23 class wide receiver, mm-hmm. Christian Hamilton. And you brought his name up. He'll be coming in June as well. You have the receivers that are still on the board. And I want to make sure that Notre Dame fans understand, don't look at Christian Hamilton as, oh, does this mean that we're not in a good place with Ronan Hannafin or Great House right. or the other receivers? No, 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 no. This is actually a great move. Mm-hmm. By the Notre Dame coaching staff. Like, okay, if you guys are going to go and continue to play this out and think about it, then we're going to jump on other top players. Right. We're going to bring them in. And well, the other fall in love. I mean, you we talked about this with Ryan yesterday. If Christian Hamilton comes in and says, Yo, I want to come, the staff more than likely oh, is going to take no it. question. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the way that they handled Christian, I think Christian Hamilton is a great example of why this staff is different. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to pull his highlights up so people can watch while we're talking. Because he's a really good football player. Well, are you pulling out the junior highlights or junior the freshman highlights? Because the they're freshman all, they're highlights all are fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're really good. I'm going to pull up the junior highlights. The thing, the thing about this recruitment that I, that I just love, Sean, is, is that the staff did a great job of – they have been recruiting him the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I actually wasn't aware of that. I didn't realize that they had been recruiting him as long as they had. Cause I remember when he made their top 12, like in like January, February. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Like 
okay, they're in this top 12. Because there's other kids that they put Notre Dame in the top 12, and I'm like, I know Notre Dame's not recruiting that kid. Like Marquise Williams running back from Pennsylvania, put him in their top seven. Yeah. Like they're not really recruiting him. Caden Proctor put him in the top seven, and I was like, uh, not, they're yeah. not recruiting him. There's, which is a great sign that more and more kids are putting Notre Dame in their top groups, even though Notre Dame's not really recruiting, because it just kind of shows that, that you know, how kids view Notre Dame. But they have been recruiting Christian Hamilton this whole time, knowing that Rodney Gallagher was going to make a decision in July, you know, get him on campus and those kind of things. But, you know, when they thought they were getting Rodney, because there were some rumblings that I had from some pretty good sources that Rodney Gallagher gave us either gave a silent commit to Notre Dame in the blue gold game or gave them about as close as you can get to that. Yeah. Now the staff didn't take that for granted, rightfully so, because as you and I know, Sean, when I told you that back in April, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about that silent commitment as I did others. And I almost let it slip, but uh, who who some others were, but there's other guys that are silent commits that I feel really good. This kid's really explosive. So And and this isn't, this isn't Charlotte. This is in North Carolina. He's playing quality competition. Yeah. But I just and, – and so they kept recruiting Christian, though, which is smart. And and as you've – as I found out in the last week or so, the, how involved they've been, it's like, okay, wow, this staff is different, man. They, they don't they don't assume they're going to get kids until they – those kids – they've gotten those kids. Exactly, exactly. And so, like, they didn't just get on this kid, and now they got him to visit because then it would be a little harder to land a kid like that. If you're going to get this kid out of Charlotte, he's looking – He's going to visit North Carolina in June. He's Clemson's looking at him. He's been on campus at Clemson a bunch of times. The only way you're going to get that kind of kid is if you've been on him for a while, and they have. And it just goes to show that this staff is just different, man. But it, this is him him being on campus and them really turning the heat up on him is more about, okay, Rodney's not in the class anymore. And yeah. from, from what I was told at the time, even before Rodney committed to West Virginia publicly, is that when he told Notre Dame staff that he was going to do that, they tried to get him to change his mind. But once he committed to West Virginia, they're like, we're done. Right. Because yeah. there's a lot that decision. I mean, and I got nobody has any ill will towards Rodney. No, it's like, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. But sometimes the decision a kid makes reflects who that kid is. And I don't mean this in a negative way at all. It, it It's just, okay, is that really a guy that we're going to take on a national scale? and playing the games we're going to play in, is that really the kind of kid that wants to be in that spotlight, that wants to be surrounded by other dudes? Yeah. Or does he kind of want to go close to home, be a big fish in a small – and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that decision by Rodney. But that decision tells you a little bit about, you know, who that kid is from a from a what he's looking for. standpoint. And I, I really feel like I want people to understand when I say who that kid is, that sounds like I'm taking a shot at Rodney Gallagher. It is not. It's every kid's got a different personality. Every kid's looking for different things. It's just about understanding and recognizing as a staff. That's great ball skills right there. That's Solomon Absher's team, by the way, uh, who they're playing against in that in that in that shot right there. It's just more about this is what he's looking for. Checking that box of okay, that doesn't fit what we need. And now that's this is what I'm talking about. This is Solomon Absher's team right here. And so I think that was the eye-opening thing for Notre Dame was, okay, that's why Notre Dame's not still recruiting him where other kids that have committed elsewhere, they're still recruiting. And Christian Hamilton, obviously, is that kid that they're like, okay, we like this kid a lot too. Yeah. He's a a little bit more – maybe he's not quite as explosive as Rodney was, but he's a more natural receiver than Rodney was. And and so that's why he was the guy – they immediately – started turning the heat up on Christian Hamilton. But if they weren't already on him, Sean, it wouldn't have mattered. They wouldn't have been, you're not getting him out of North Carolina no. or, or, or away from Clemson if you just now turn the heat up on him. So yeah. you talk about the, the importance of June. This is your chance. This is the probably the only chance you're going to get to really become a player in this recruit. If, he, if you don't knock it out of the park with him when he comes on, I think he's coming on the 17th right? The weekend of the 17th. That's correct. If you don't knock it out of the park with him, then you're, you're not going to be a player for him because this is your official for him. This is his official. And so that's another important one. There's, there's some, there's some make or break visits happening this summer too, Sean, where if you don't really have a great visit this time, you may not get another crack at this thing, or you may fall so far behind with other kids that you just like, like if, if they're going to have a shot at Caleb Downs, it has to be now. Has to right? be it, it, they have to they have to just something has to happen something has to be said something has to be done in that june visit that just says you know what man like i can see myself at notre dame 
they they've presented something to me that's every bit as good, if not better, than Georgia or, or Alabama. I could go to those schools and win another one, or I could go to Notre Dame and become a legend. Because here's the thing I would say to Caleb Downs. If you are a starting safety on a team that wins the national championship in Notre Dame, you're a legend. I mean, we're still talking about Pat Terrell and Dewan Francisco and guys like that, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and you go to Georgia and you become Lewis Seen, who's a good football player, first-round pick, but is anybody in Georgia going to be talking about him in five years? No. And that's just the nature of it. Same thing with Alabama. Half the people I know couldn't even tell you who Alabama starting safeties are. They're good players. Yeah. You know, but it's just like you're the next in line. And yeah. that's what Notre Dame can sell right now. And, and man, he's really good after the catch, man. And oh, he's so he, good. he brings he's a lot so to the good. table. Just to go to your Georgia point, mm-hmm. we actually talked to Wes Pritchett, little linebacker from the 1988 National Championship team, who has been very candid over the last few months that he wanted to go to Georgia. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He wanted to go to Georgia. He had just gotten back from a trip up to Athens. And he came home. And the very next week when it was time to make his decision, his dad flat out told him he was going to Notre Dame. (laughs) Like, you're you're going to Notre Dame. Thanks, Pops. Right? And he said it finally hit him three years into his professional career as a member of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't have to go through this. I got a broken hand. I got a dislocated shoulder. All of my friends from school are working on Wall Street, making more than me. Mm-hmm. He said it was an easy decision. Like, I'm done. He said, I went to Wall Street, and I've made a ton of money. And we let him know that there were a couple of Georgia kids, Georgia natives, that were still trying to decide whether or not they wanted to come to Notre Dame. He said, who are they? Tell me. <laughs> and we were like, whoa, wait <laughs> like, He was like, tell me. Give me their names. Right. It was almost like he was like, oh, I'll let them know. Right. He was like, because to be honest, no one cares. He said, no one cares about your Georgia degree right. outside of the state of Georgia. Right. And that right there, you know, just goes a long way. If you can get these kids to understand. Alabama's the same way too, Sean. Yeah. Like did you just right. pointed out, like you're going to stand out more right. as a great player on the field at Notre Dame. And once you leave the game, you're going to stand out even more. Right with this degree. That's why so many famous people send their kids to Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, at one point in time, I recently, I mean, I'm walking around and I'm like, okay, I just walked past Tory Hunter, David Robinson, and John Bon Jovi. <laughs> On the sideline. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, cause all yeah. their kids are at Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, it's a different animal. Right. I mean, and that's why you see so many former NFL professional athletes sending their kids in their name because they understand what you understand sean like yeah like west Pritchard said like i don't need this now it, it, the money's a little different now than it was in you know 1992 or yeah. whenever when he retired but still yeah. it's the same principle same right principle. because the yeah. kids don't leave another name or are making even more money too with their degrees so but but to have that shot though you still have to be able to present at the end of the day you still have to be able to present a a football option for these kids and that's going to be the key and so that's where that's where the pressure in june is on sean and the other part the other challenging part of this too is because the recruiting cycle has been sped up so much you have 23 24 and 25 kids all coming on campus this summer right and so you also have to 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 measure your you've got chances to make impressions on 24 kids that are going to be on campus this summer too which only adds to the the burden of what the summer has become. And, and, and so it's a big month because now for a 24 kid, you don't want to make sure if a kid comes on campus, maybe, and and they're smart. They're not bringing a ton of 24 kids on the official visit weekends. Right. There will, there'll probably be some, but you know, when these kids do come on campus, you, you have to make sure that you're not, not giving them enough attention to where then now you're playing behind the rest of the way. Yeah. Which we have to point out, Young is coming in all by himself. Right, which is important. Number one running back, yeah. middle of the week, all by himself. He's another one, Sean. This is your chance. This, this is your chance. You you got a shot from the thirteenth to the fifteenth. That's your shot. If you don't, yeah. if you don't, you know, hit a grand slam, walk off bottom of the ninth, game seven, World Series home run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not going to get him. 
yeah. but you're going to get your chance. And I'm a lot more confident now than I've ever, than I've been in a very long time about the ability of this Notre Dame coaching staff to actually hit that. Like, this is the kind of like I, you remember when Jock Patrick visited a number of years ago for Irish yeah. Invasion, like when it first started. That's the name. Yeah. And and people are like, oh, they might. I'm like, guys, I'm not getting Jock Patrick. Come on, man. And he ended up at Florida State, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there was another big time running back in that class that visited that summer. And I was like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, relax. You know, they're not getting that guy. And, you know, this one is one of those ones where it's like, you know what? Like, I don't think they're going to get him, but I'm not. I'm not uh like I'm not said, writing that off. I'm not dismissing this staff. I'm not no. I'm not gonna just say to uh oh, McCullough's not getting that guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. oh Tommy Reese can't get that guy. Ah, oh, yeah. you know, so uh, I'm not gonna put anything past the staff now. Yeah. I had there was a quote from I think it was a quote from Ryan that he got. No, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that. I'm trying to remember who it was. Sean, maybe you gave it to me. This is the bad thing about having such a big staff now is I'm trying to remember who told me stuff. Somebody told me that he was told by, I think it was Jaden Lamar, or maybe I read it. Maybe somebody else tweeted it. I can't remember where I heard it. So if it wasn't from one of my guys, it was from another source. I'm not purposely giving credit to my staff. But it was something along the lines of Jaden Lamar said he talked to Marcus Freeman. I think this might have been actually from another site tweeted it out. Okay. Now that I think about it, but he said he talked to Marcus Freeman more than he talked to any other position coach that was recruiting him. If that's true of Jaden Lamar, yeah. What what do you think the conversations are like with Richard Young? Yeah. You know what I mean, and Jason yeah. Moore and Jaden yeah. Osbury. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. I think it's a group that's got a chance to be a great class, but if they can just get a couple kids, here's the thing, Sean, last part of this, you talked about momentum. If they can somehow get one or two kids from the June 10th to 12th visit weekend. So the the potential guys are like that I'm looking at is like Ronan Hannafin, right? He would be one on my list. Jason Moore, Jaden Osbury, or Christian Gray. One of one to two of those four kids get one to publicly commit. And if, if one other can at least silently commit. So like, let's just say hypothetically, again, total hypothetical. I'm not dropping a hint that really is going to happen, but you know, the total hypothetical, right? Let's just say Christian gray wanted to commit, but still wants to honor the July 4th decision date. That would still have an impact if they can get at least two guys from that weekend to, to commit. So what was I say? Ronan Hannafin, Jason Moore, Jaden Osbury, Christian Gray, just one to two of those four guys to commit, then, then I feel that 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 would give Notre Dame a chance to 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 get some momentum going to kind of close out. Yeah. That would be that would be the key for me. And something else I wrote down, patience. Yeah, I know where that's coming from. Patience, right? Um yes. And I say this not only because of the coach, I think just the fan base in general, like we're having to learn patience. You talked about this coaching staff is different and they're taking recruiting at Notre Dame into a totally different realm mm-hmm. that most of us haven't been used to under the previous regime. They have to learn how to be patient. We as a fan base have to learn how to be patient because you're going to have a Monroe Freeland. Who is right. who wants to take him to the fall? You're gonna have a Samuel and Pimba who's supposed to come into June. But as a staff, you recognize, you know what? He's taking us into the fall. Let's go ahead and use this official for the Clemson game rather than now, because it's more beneficial to do it then than to do it now. So patience is going to be key. I actually spoke with a couple of days ago and I'm sure a story will probably be going up in the next day or so. But I I didn't have time to put it on the message board before we did the show. But I spoke to Charles Jagasaw. And the more he gets into the process, Brian, remember we talked about this? Like what he's saying all the right things. It seems like a Notre Dame fit. Seems like a Notre Dame kid. Like why is he talking about being patient and, and dragging this thing possibly into the season? 
And then all of a sudden, he goes through his April visits, and he's like, okay, probably August before the start of my season. And I talked to him a, like a couple of days ago, like, yo, you're a week out from starting the process of these visits with your mom. Like, where are you sitting? And all of a sudden, he's like, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to get through the visits with my mom and see what she thinks. And, you know, man, I look, hopefully, to have a decision at the end of the month of where I'm going to go. And I'm like, whoa, how do we get to here? Like, we've gone from fall, August, and now you've embraced the process so much and you're enjoying yourself so much that you're becoming even more sure of what you want to do. And now possibly we might see a decision shortly after your visits in June. So that's the way this thing, this recruiting thing works, man. You know, they'll tell you one thing and then they love a part of the process and they become even more sure of where they want to go. The next Mm -hmm. thing you know, yo, I'll have an announcement date. So this, this is how it goes. And this is where the patience comes into play. You know, Learning that, knowing that, seeing what each kid needs individually, and then making the move. Like you said, with the wide receivers, they had already been talking to Christian Hamilton. But on top of that, you know, when the whole Rodney Gallagher thing was going on, they said, you know what, we're going to turn up the fire even more right, on Christian Hamilton right. and get him on campus because we're not about to just put all of our eggs in this basket. Right. It is Rodney Gallagher. And, you know, just I talked to Coach Wilson. You know, Christian Hamilton, he said, and Coach Wilson's coached for over 20 years, said he's the greatest football player he's ever coached mm-hmm. in 20 years. So this is, once again, fans, this is not a panic move. Oh, we're not getting this guy, didn't get that guy. That's how recruiting is supposed to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Alabama won at Arch Manning. They didn't get him. Yes. They quickly turned to Eli Holstein and got him. Got him, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just – Sean, I I think we've kind of we've kind of done a nice job of putting the bow on on what's at stake in June and July. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I got to respond to what you and I have both been responding to in the chat. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. About this secondary recruiting. Look, there's there's one thing that that we'll both acknowledge. Yes, Notre Dame has to do a better job continuing to improve cornerback recruiting. However... If all you're going to do is list off recruiting rankings, you're not doing this argument correct. Because yeah. somebody like like we don't somebody said we don't have a single top 250 recruited cornerback. Cam Hart's one of the 10 best cornerbacks returning in college football. He was in the 600 as a recruit. So I rank maybe, him in the top 150. Yeah. So, who was right or wrong here? You know what I mean? Like Notre Dame beat Alabama and Washington. Washington who has produced as many DBs in the last 5 years as any team in the country outside of maybe Bama and Ohio State and LSU, maybe. Yeah. Wanted Benjamin Morrison bad. Alabama wanted Benjamin Morrison hard, and Notre Dame got him. But there's no excitement about Benjamin Morrison with some people. Why? Because his recruiting rankings. There are far too many people who put emphasis on what rivals 247 and now on three say and not yeah. enough on what people who actually do this for a living and whose jobs – Depend on if you rank a kid high and he doesn't pan out, you don't get fired. If you recruit kids and they don't pan out, you get fired as a coach, right? Like this is the problem with this is are the rankings accurate sometimes? Sure. Are they inaccurate sometimes? Absolutely. But when you're making, when you're like, like, for example, I I love Devin Moore, you know that 
And just because he went to Florida doesn't change my opinion. I love Devin Moore. He was a top 100 caliber player. Mm-hmm. But the whole time that he was committed to Notre Dame, I ranked Benjamin Morrison higher than him. I guarantee you, this is a 100% certainty. Notre Dame, as a corner, as a pure corner, ranked J- Benjamin Morrison ahead of Devin Moore. Absolutely. Yet because Devin Moore jumped into the top 100 of the recruiting rankings, people view that Notre Dame lost their best corner commit. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Their best corner commit shows up tomorrow or set tomorrow to Notre Dame. His name's yeah. Benjamin Morrison, right? And so there's does Notre Dame need to improve its secondary recruiting? Yes. But what we're not doing enough of is acknowledging that that's already started. It started in 2021 when Mike Mickens went out and got Benjamin Morrison, I mean, got uh, Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley, Chance Tucker, another kid that he they beat Washington for mm-hmm. in a year with Notre Dame couldn't his first whole year recruiting he couldn't go on the road and recruit right and then last year he got two four-star cornerbacks two top players in my opinion with impressive offer lists in his second cycle that's already begun yeah Notre Dame beat Clemson and Georgia for Ryan Barnes Clemson wanted him and Georgia was really had offered him and was turning up the heat Notre Dame got him but Notre Dame, a lot of too many Notre Dame fans don't think he's a big time player. Why? Because he's a three star. Right. Right. And that's the problem. So, yes, we can acknowledge that Notre Dame needs to up their recruiting in the secondary. Yeah. But not enough people are acknowledging that they've already started to do that. And if you're going to sit there and tell me we don't have a single top 250 cornerback on our roster outside of, outside of uh, Jaden Mickey. That says a lot of more, a lot more about the recruiting services than it does about Notre Dame's talent at cornerback. Because Cam Hart, if Cam Hart wasn't a top two hundred and fifty recruit coming out of high school, then I need to find something else to do with my life. Can I? Ask and, you a and, and I've been proven to be right about him. Because look at him; he's one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Yeah, coming back, this, and that's not just my opinion. Lindy's Magazine, right here, they have Cam Hart ranked tenth in the nation at cornerback coming back. Only one cornerback on Notre Dame's entire schedule is ranked ahead of him, and it's a kid number at number nine at Stanford. That's it. And and so, you know, at some point in time, you've got to look at recruiting rankings as a as a just a part of the discussion, and not looking at it as the end all be all or top of the decision maker of identifying a kid's talent. If you are looking at at, at evaluating Notre Dame's roster, and the first thing you go to is recruiting rankings, you're not doing it right. No. Now, can recruiting rankings be a part of the conversation? Yes, they should be. That's otherwise, why would I do them? I'd be the biggest idiot in the world to say that recruiting rankings don't have some value when I do them. But you've got to put them in the proper context. You have to. And once a kid go gets on campus and shows something one way or the other, then you know, then then you have you have to kind of throw it out. I mean, you know, and and so. A and, lot of us, you, know, you know, like I said, you know, I see, I see the chat, and, you know, I don't, you know, people are saying they don't think he's as good as a player. You don't have to, you don't have to believe us. It's the offenses that don't throw at him. Don't believe us. Yeah. Every offense they faced last year went the other way. Yeah. And didn't want to change. Well, after the, the Wisconsin team, game. The yeah. only team that dared to throw with their number one receiver got picked off twice. Twice. And that was Wisconsin. Right. right. So look, you don't have to believe us. You don't have to believe recruiting rankings. This is the question I have to ask you. The number four overall pick in the NFL draft, who recruited him? Who recruited him, Mike Brian? Mickens. Who, who recruited him? Mike Mickens. Oh, what was he ranked? Oh, the in the 1600s. 1600s? Okay. Mm-hmm. So is mm-hmm. it more about rankings or development? It's about rankings, Sean. You can't coach a guy up who's ranked outside of the top two. That, that same awesome. coach that's our defensive back coach got that kid ready to play as a true freshman, right. right? And now he's the number four overall pick in the NFL draft. Right. But he was ranked as the 163rd cornerback in the nation right. and the 1600th prospect in the nation right? coming out of high school. But he's number four overall pick based upon the guy that's our defensive back coach that watched film and said, you know, right. this kid's special. So that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And I've watched Jaden Mickey enough this spring to be able to say that's a special kid that's going to be at Notre Dame for the next yeah. three years. So I don't, I don't know how much you can put on him when he's in the infancy as a position coach. 
And recruiting wise at Notre Dame, I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some some numbers, Sean. I'm gonna give you some numbers. Okay. In 2021, there's this kid named Julian Love. Remember him? In 2018, I mean. Remember, yeah. remember, remember that kid, Julian Love? Yeah. Not sure if you yeah. remember him. He was a three-year starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, he was ranked in the top five in pass defense, passes defense. That's interceptions plus breakups. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, he was a consensus All-American. Correct? Yeah. As a sophomore, the year in which he finished top five in passes defense, he gave up 36 completions for 423 yards. As a junior, a consensus All-American season, yeah, he gave up, and this is with Troy Proud on the other side, he gave up 42 completions for 53.2, or excuse me, for 413 yards. He allowed 43.2% completion percentage against him. 50.7 first career. Yeah. Okay, so... 423 yards allowed in 2017, 413 yards allowed in 2018. Mm-hmm. Gave up an average of 39 catches a year. Yeah. Completion percentage first career, 50.7. It was 53.2 as, as a junior when I was All-American. Cam Hart last year. His first year as a starter, two <laughs> years after moving from receiver. Gave up 32 completions. 335 yards. So he was, say, 78 yards fewer than Julian Love. Yeah. And 10 catches fewer than Julian Love the year that Julian Love was a consensus All-American. So, I mean, you know, other other than your perception or being obsessed with his recruiting ranking – there's yeah. nothing about you, nothing about him, how his perception. I mean, so it's like you got to say everyone else in the country is wrong about Cam Hart except for me. Um, you know, so I mean that just that just doesn't that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. So, you know, you can continue to think that he's not a good player, but the fact of the matter is is Cam Hart is way better than recruiting rankings thought, which is what I said at the time. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's proven that to be true. So, but that also doesn't mean that Notre Dame is perfectly content there. That there are there were recruiting issues from before, which is why Clarence Lewis had to play sooner than Absolutely. he did. Absolutely. There's no question. And so we need to be able to say one of two things. Number one is yes, Notre Dame does need to recruit better in the secondary. There are question marks opposite Cam Hart. There are. We have said them many times. Yeah. But if you can't at least acknowledge certain things, then we're not really having a, 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 a objective conversation. We're not. We're yeah. not. We need to be able to say, like, for example, safety. Notre Dame's safety position is going to be pretty good this year because they got a transfer from Northwestern. If they don't get that transfer from Northwestern, we're a lot more concerned about the safety position. It's yeah. got to get better. Right. Development and recruiting. We, we, we can have that honest conversation. We can say cornerback recruiting's got to get better. But you also then need to be able to say, but it's getting better. It's already gotten better. There's talent there. And people recruiting rankings were wrong about this kid over here who teams won't throw at and who has been excellent this the last two years. I mean, it's like Stanford. And here's, here's some funny stats for you. So Stanford completed four passes on Cam Hart for a total of seven yards. Do you know why? Because they count throws that were like two-yard catches against off-coverage they count as a completion against him. Right. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, that I wanted, I just want to wrap it up with that conversation because I saw what was going on in the chat, and I was like, um, we're allowed to have differences of opinion here, but <laughs> if you can't at least acknowledge that part of it, then we're not having an objective conversation. I mean, you know, my, my problem is we're talking about replacing people that haven't even had time right. to really build on what was a bare cupboard when they came right. in. And you can't say that he can't recruit when he just had two defensive right. backs taken right. that he recruited to his at his previous spot and developed. They were on the field right. early. Like, that's why Jaden Mickey... Is being talked about getting run early in the season. 
because of the de- development that's taking place. And the thing we have to remember about last year's freshman class, for example, Ryan Barnes, who was the top corner in that group, Notre Dame felt he was their top cornerback commit. He missed yeah. his whole senior year because of COVID. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, to me, those are the things you have to look at, right? Uh, you know, I – You, know, you got talk recruiting and then say, I don't want to talk about development. Right, that's, that's the whole point. Why do you think Nick Saban coaches the defensive backs? Yes, right. he goes and gets the best defensive backs, right. but they still come in needing coaching. His like, first title was, team had a corner, two cornerbacks who were three-star recruits. Javier absolutely. Arenas and Kareem Jackson were both three-star recruits. Three-star recruits. And they've I been getting the four and five stars. For, Wouldn't you say they've been getting four and five stars the last three years? Sure. And the biggest – Their secondary has been mediocre. Been awful or mediocre. And that included having a stud like Patrick Sertan on their quarterback yes, list. Absolutely. So what? Once again, stars, rating systems, and, and we're not saying they're there yet. No one's saying that. No one is saying no, 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 no. Notre Dame's going to win a title this year because of their secondary. No one's yep. saying that. It, 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 but at the same time, you also have to be willing to admit that a it's gotten better, right? And b some of the guys were misevaluated by not by Notre Dame, but by the National Recruiting Services. I mean, and if you can't at least admit some of that, then like if your only view of great recruiting Notre Dame equals recruiting ranking here, yeah. then did you think that Jeremiah Wusukor Mo was a bad pickup? <laughs> did you think Isaiah Foskey was a bad pickup? He wasn't a top 200 recruit. No. Right? I mean, so that's the kind of that's the thing you got to go down is like, look, you, you you have to be able to put recruiting rankings in the proper context. And and, because here's the other thing, when a kid develops, it doesn't always mean they were wrong. Kids develop differently. Kids develop at different times. I had no problem with anybody that ranked Joe Wald as a three-star last year. None, not, not a one. I had him as a three and a half star kid, but you looked at him and said, boy, this is a kid with a lot of ceiling though. Right. But he's got, you know, we got to see if he can make the transition, blah, 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 which is why I gave him a four and a half star upside grade. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when you look at Joe Alt now, it's like, did they get hit? Did they get it wrong? Or was it just a, well, this is a kid that's still developing yeah. and he's developing at a different age than Blake Fisher, who was a monster as a freshman in high school. Right. I mean, that's part of it. They don't always get it wrong, but kids develop at different ages. You know, like I was talking to, 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 to coach Mickens at one point in time and I asked him, like, did you guys think that, that sauce Gardner was going to be the player he was? He goes, no, no, we, we loved him coming out of high school we didn't view him as a kid that thought was going to be a first round NFL draft pick, but we knew pretty early on that he was going to be that guy that yeah. he had a chance to be that guy. So it's, it's about, I mean, cause he was like, a, I think he was like 145 pounds when he enrolled as a true freshman Yeah, guys. And so it's not always like every time a guy develops, the recruiting services aren't wrong. It's just, sometimes it's like kids develop differently. It's and sometimes they're wrong. They were flat out wrong about Cam Hart. And I said, so at the time, they were wrong about Jeremiah Wusukormo, who I had as a four-star player with four-and-a-half-star yep. upside. I actually didn't give him enough of a upside grade. I should have given him an even higher upside grade. They're, 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 they're wrong sometimes, you know? So, But sometimes kids develop differently. And, and so you can't if – we're, if we're having a real conversation about winning a national title, you can't have a conversation about recruiting without development. It's a useless yeah. conversation. You can't. It, it is. It is. But the coach is watching the tape saying – this kid is going to be this in two years. Right. right. Like, no one wants to say, I need this kid on right. the field next year. They didn't recruit Ryan Barnes to say, we think he's going to start. He was a kid that they always thought was going to need some time, yes. but they loved his talent. And then when you factor in the fact that he missed the senior year because of COVID, it adds to it. So l- right. let's let these kids get a little bit of time at Notre Dame first before we just assume that they weren't good players because of their recruiting ranking. That's all we're saying.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.